Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. We're going to be chatting about September 25th through October 1st into Halloween month. It really does end right on the 1st? That's pretty fun. It does end. One of the movies we have is kind of a horror movie, so it's a good kind of lead-in. I like that. We've just booked, I've done all this poster work the last couple days because we booked four Halloween movies and three Jadorowski is that correct? Jodorowsky movies? Yoda, yeah, I think it's Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky? And, and not four of the Halloween franchise films, No, just to be that, clear. because <laughs> That could there, be a I'm, thing. Let me just be the one to say there aren't four good Halloween movies. No, maybe oh, there's you're exactly get, four. You're going to get letters now. I'm I wouldn't trying. say there's four. I'd say there's... Because, like, you know, one, two... I'd say I like there's three. three. I'd say there's at least three good yeah. ones. I like three, and I like the new one, you know, but that's, the new that's one's really good. an argument for a whole other... It depends who you ask. My wife didn't think so, but... Yeah, unless you count uh, three. Well, three is kind of cool. I think three is uh, you know, coming into its own, you know? I wish we lived in the alternate universe where three did really, really well, and that instigated every two years a different anthology of a Halloween film, because that was the plan, wasn't it? Was yeah. that then it would be a... Dracula movie and a werewolf movie and a monster movie and a ghost mm-hmm. movie just under the Halloween banner. Yeah. But it flopped and they just chickened out and went, oh, bring Michael Myers back. They really, you know, what I think would have been cool is if you did a bit of, I just, this just occurred to me right now, this is live, but if they did a bit of both and it's Michael Myers walking through it and he kills someone, but as he walks by a house, it zooms in on that house and then you get oh, a side story. that's a good So you idea. get like an kinda, anthology. Kind of like that Richard Linklater movie Slacker where it follows one <laughs> character. Yes, yeah, it follows one character for 10 minutes and you think, oh, the movie's going to be, this is the main character and yeah. then it, Camera just moves away from him, goes to another character for a few minutes, moves away from that person. It'd be fun. Like I I think that's actually more movies like that. But yeah, because you don't need. Well, I mean, you know, I've watched this, but you don't necessarily need ninety minutes of just stock and slash with Michael Myers. You know, like, but if you could do both, and then it comes together at the end, and then maybe I don't know, someone from the earlier stories is the final girl. I don't know. Because then maybe we would have just gotten. H2O and the new movie or something. Yeah. Uh, for Michael Myers kind of stuff. <laughs> and H2O doesn't exist now, I guess. I'm so confused by that. Pretty sure. I was just thinking about that because there was this thing recently called DC Fandom. And it was just a bunch of documentaries and Zoom chats with comic creators. And it was in lieu of comic conventions this summer. So they used it to announce some new things and show a trailer for The Suicide Squad and stuff like that. But I watched a documentary about Superman in which there was stuff about Superman Returns, which doesn't age well because it's narrated by Kevin Spacey. So Ooh. that doesn't go very well. <laughs> but that's another movie. Oh. As Frank Underwood? Yeah. <laughs> pro- yeah. Is he still making those really weird Frank Underwood YouTube videos? I think he is. I don't know. <laughs> we, oh, don't know. We, we don't look into Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah. We just remember the good times. Yeah. But that's another movie akin to the latest Halloween where Superman returns is technically Superman three, but it really doesn't make sense because everybody's too young in it. Brandon Routh is like 25 and what's her name. Who's playing Lois Lane has a 10 year old kid, even though she's 25. Like it's really weird, but it's one of those things where, and I think they were talking about it with the alien franchise where there was thoughts of doing a new Sigourney Weaver, Michael Bean movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where they would just be like, nope, Alien 3 and 4 didn't happen. Yeah, because it was supposed to be Neil Blomkamp was going to do it. Yeah, and I think they were, like, I saw designs and stuff. I think they were along with it and then just 
Ridley Scott reared his ugly head and it's, said, no, I want to make movies. Yeah, and I don't know if it was affected to you by like the Fox sale or whatever. I can't remember the timeline. I think they just kind of yeah. were like, well, we don't want it to be confusing and Ridley still wants to do his thing. And like, and then they got diminishing returns on and reviews on uh, right. the last two, you know. I really like Prometheus. I'm going to say that I thought that was a bit unfairly uh, ripped apart. It's but. got some... I, I liked it. I did not like Covenant. No, I didn't either. Like, it just... I think what bothers me is that it they start getting... I think they started to get a little pretentious with the whole... David or whatever. The whole David stuff. Yeah. And it lost me with the whole... Uh, the two Davids playing... Teaching... Uh, one David teaching the other David to play flute. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's like, like, okay, this is getting... This is sort of... An alien movie shouldn't remind me of Legend. <laughs> that, well, that other Ridley Scott movie that no one talks like about. The cool Tim Curry devil guy. I mean, yeah. maybe if they had him, like that might be okay, but... I always want to be reminded about Legend. Yeah, and, and we like <laughs> Fassbender, you know, like he's a great actor. But my problem with it was just, first of all, like I didn't really think the casting was great for, um, uh, shoot, I can't remember the guy's name now, but the guy who usually plays funny and he was playing the captain. Danny and McBride? Yeah, Danny McBride. I thought like... He was okay. I'm not, not to say he's bad, but I just thought like his character, it wasn't even that he wasn't playing it well. It was just that whole thing. They're just like, okay, we got a ship full of people. We've been going for literally like forever. And now this guy's worried about his wife, who's definitely already died. So we're going to risk everything and go down and... Well, and they also die pretty quick. Like, the whole chest burst thing happens so quickly. Yeah. And and they really force the aliens. They really expedite it. Whereas Mm. in the original with John Hurt, first of all, you don't assume it's 1979 or you haven't seen... Like, you don't know it's coming. And it it takes a while. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, as soon as someone gets impregnated, I don't know what you're... Inseminated. (laughs) Like, you know, you know it's coming. Yeah. You kind of, and I mean, maybe that's the other problem too, is just that like so many people had this, well, I guess it was a little bit of uh, Last Jedi Return of Skywalker where you got like, some people are upset about a certain aspect. And then, so when you make this other one, you're like, oh, we got to please the people who liked the first thing, but then also like make it more like Alien, you know, because everybody likes Alien. We're just like, well, if you just actually made Prometheus too, because I mean, the end of Prometheus really left it open for a, an intriguing whatever you know like they, they're they going off to you know, just not really a spoiler i guess since there's never well, gonna isn't be a sequel. alien covenant prometheus 2 it is but like he completely altered the story kind of yeah. because so many people complained so i mean some of that's speculation but it's just it's too bad it's also a little off topic but the point is <laughs> it's just what was the topic it doesn't seem like anybody was happy by the end of it it's just like people who didn't like prometheus you know didn't really like all of covenant and people who did like prometheus didn't like covenant because it didn't have a it wasn't really a sequel to that storyline per se well the bottom line is like i'll i'll probably never watch prometheus again i yeah. never have but I'll watch Alien again. Like, yeah. Because Alien is like a perfect movie. Yeah. Or Aliens. I'll throw on Aliens. And Aliens is great. And so great. I'm so brainwashed that I will just sit any movie with an alien in it. I'm just sitting there wide-eyed, eating popcorn, going like, oh, they're going to totally get killed by Mac that alien. And me. Yeah. Mac and me. <laughs> well, not an any alien. alien. Right? <laughs> I thought you meant any movie with an alien and you're good. Like, uh, that's... Pretty close. I liked Alien 3. And the director yeah. didn't even like that movie, but there's just stuff about it that I've I never really been like. able to get through it. I, no, I, I like should. It. I think I have the Blu-ray set, and I think there's like a director, a kind of yeah, the sort assembly of cut. Yeah, the it's not, it's not is... really the director's cut because Fincher was like, "I'm yeah. not signing off. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> signing on, yeah. off on that." But... They did offer him to make a director's cut, which yeah, is nice he's enough. Like, no. But he's just like, uh, "I'm David Fincher," you know, like you're just like he can do literally whatever he wants. Well, but... I think he just felt screwed over by that experience that he didn't want to revisit it 
It's that box bad. set is crazy. It's got director's cut on like all mm-hmm. four of them, yeah. and just filled with stuff. And I got it back in the day when on DVD. When now it seems the mindset is if you're buying a Blu-ray box set, they make it as small as yeah. possible. But back in the day, I think it was they were like, "Look, you're paying all this money. It's a big box. Yeah. And if you do the gatefold out on the <laughs> it just like, keeps going. <laughs> it's seven feet long. Yeah, yeah. And if you're just trying to get one disc, you got to like put it down on the floor yeah. and get a series of levers and pulleys to Man. help you open it up. But those were crazy expensive when they came out. And then I remember in the in this sort of like not necessarily dying days of HMV or we didn't know that it's time, but I remember seeing that box for nothing. It was like $19 or something like that. And when it came out, yeah, I, I remember it was I like got it for whatever. Christmas and I'm sure Santa spent 80 or 90 bucks yeah, on yeah. it probably. Which and, was totally worth it at the time. Like, yeah. I mean, that was a crazy set and, and still is. But. Are we talking about the same one? Well, there was the kind of like the DVD set that was like that one that was like you know all pretty four big. movies had like nine like the alien nine discs I think. quadrilogy or whatever yeah, it's yeah. called. I have the Blu-ray, which is yeah the first four, and I think I think I got it pretty. Yeah, cheap. yeah I got it back. It in just the day. got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Yeah, and but I'm not gonna go. I'm, like I'm not really a completist in that. I'm not. I'm not gonna go buy Prometheus and <laughs> You're not Covenant because like I'm, I'm not gonna watch those again. No, <laughs> Ridley Scott's it. listening right now and just getting sad. Yeah, no, there's there was some interesting uh, deleted stuff in Prometheus as well. Like I actually saw. I'm not all over the fan edit stuff, but there was kind of an extended faux director's cut for Prometheus. It was called I think the Gift Bearer Edition, and it had some really interesting stuff. Like it had some more um, with Guy Pierce and in his character, uh, there was like an extended intro. Old with him. Man Pierce. Yeah, exactly. Like playing uh, Wayland. Yeah, Peter Wayland, I think it was. Not Yutani? Yeah, not Yutani. I was in my head I was like, Wayland Yutani. No, no, it was Wayland. Yutani? Wayland. I don't know. I don't I'm even sure if they like he mentioned him in the movie. I don't think he was in it though. But yeah, you know, what a cast though, right? Idris, your boy Idris Elba who we mentioned uh, last week and uh others. He's in what? He was he's in uh isn't in he Prometheus? In Prometheus? Yeah, is Charlize he? Theron. Yeah, There's Charlize all kinds Theron. Of cool people I just, in this movie. Elba? Elba? Yeah. See, I don't remember. He is. He is. I confirm. I saw. I saw like a, a ten. I saw a 10 p.m. show. <laughs> oh God! First, I re- I know. Okay, yeah, Charlize Theron. Yeah, but I just don't. I remember Pierce? Alien really well, but I don't guy remember Pierce being in it or old man Guy Pierce. <sighs> I, see, I did you see Prometheus? Because I I did. I just don't. He's thinking of Mac and me. Yeah, is, well, we all are now, I think. I don't know what it is about Mac and me, but it makes me really want a Big Mac. <laughs> what? I kind of want one now that did, you said didn't that. Didn't McDonald's <laughs> I don't know. Right? I don't know why, but... <laughs> yeah, brainwashed. I I'm not sure. The biggest ball drop, though, in that extended franchise was Alien vs. Predator. Because in the 90s, there was a really great, fun comic of mm-hmm. Aliens vs. Predator that was like, I don't know, like a four-issue miniseries, yeah. maybe five. And just like a real simple, cool, real strong female lead. The story made sense. It had a beginning, middle, and an end. And when I heard they were going to do Alien vs. Predator movie, I was like, well, there you go. You got this comic. Mm -hmm. And comics are all the rage. And let's do this. (laughs) And instead, it was just a mess. Just like like PG-13 pap, basically. And even like they did cool things. Like Lance Hendrickson was in it. And still, it like... That nope. used to be oh, like I a seal of approval. Too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I oh, never saw those. No, I've, nev- I've never seen. Those well, are they not did, good. Wasn't there like an alien? There was Alien versus Predator, and then there were like two other ones. There's there? two. There's Alien versus Predator and Alien versus Predator Requiem. Requiem. Oh, yeah. Requiem for a Predator? Yeah, <laughs> Requiem for a Nightmare. <laughs> one of them takes place in the snow, like the thing yeah. style. And then one takes place just in like. Missouri. Like, I, I forget why, but it just takes place in, in a normal There's city. Nothing scarier than Missouri. I, what was that movie? That was weird. See, all these movies are just kind of disposable now, where it's like, okay, like, 
that didn't work. We'll just reboot it. We'll reboot, yeah. you know, like they're all kind of just That's... disposable. But I think Terminator might be dead now, though, at least for Maybe. the next 20, 25 years, because Dark Fate was kind they... of a big flop. I've, I loved it, though. I'm going to say it. Dark Fate was, it made me feel like T2 again. I'm not saying it's on that level, but just I... in terms of how sucky I kind of want to see were. it because I, yeah. I hear it's not bad. It's intense. Like, it honestly, it's the first quality Terminator movie since if, the second if one. If you kind of treat it like it's Terminator 3, I guess. Yeah. And, and I don't mind Terminator 3 for what it was. Like, I mean, it had some good action. It's not good, but, like, there's yeah. some good action scenes, and Arnold's doing his thing. But Dark Fate got, I, I'm going to say, Child's Play remake and Dark Fate both got unfairly ripped apart. They were both super entertaining and worthy of the franchises. I like yeah. Dark Fate because it had such awesome female action heroes yeah. in it. And not just one, but multiple. Mm-hmm. And I like that it pissed off the horrible people <laughs> who watch movies so much. So when I watched it, I knew that that voice was out there and that I really liked it and that everybody's so good in it. And I was like, man, and it, I think it, it not just flopped, like it flopped, like yeah. it did very, very poorly. Because well, you know, you can see the money on screen. Oh I yeah. Mean, it's, and, and it's too bad because like it's, it's worthy. Like the Terminator was pretty scary in it. I thought like it was the first time yeah. in a while where you were actually like, oh man, like this guy's hard to kill. <laughs> yeah. And it was filled with women and non-white people. Yeah. And for a big movie like that. And it's like, I've read a bit about it in the director who did Deadpool very successfully. He tiptoed around it, but he essentially was like, yeah, you know, James Cameron's great. And I'm never going to work with James Cameron again. Yeah. Like, I think it was a difficult set for everybody involved. Well, he's almost too powerful in some yeah. ways. Like, And his producing efforts haven't been great the last couple of years in between waiting for 12 more Avatar movies. <laughs> yeah. But... I mean, Derek Fate's the best thing he's done in a while, in, in a way. Like, I but, think so, yeah. And that's not even to say it's it's great. It's just, it was just another one of those movies we talk about all the time where you're just like, you watch it and you're like, uh, everyone hated this? You're like, what? Like, and Mark am Hamill, I easy to please? Or? Mark Hamill, Child's Play, my controversial stance on that is that's my favorite Child's Play movie. I, I might agree <laughs> like, with you, to be honest. Well, like, I haven't seen that one and I will watch that one because I remember seeing the trailer going, okay, this looks kind of, it's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. And it makes sense. Like, as much as one of these movies can make sense, like, it makes sense with, with the technology and Bluetooth and all this stuff, you know? It's Yeah, they reasonable. make it. They, it's not just the doll. They make it kind of with the new <laughs> technology. Someone had this set to evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah essentially. That's, that's pretty much the movie. But it's also super Tales from the Crypt goofy, which I liked. Mm-hmm. That they do just kind of jump in with the doll is set to evil kind yeah. of a tone and to it. And some good comedy as well. Like, some, yeah. some without taking away from the tension, you know? Well, like, I remember the... What's his name? The original filmmaker, the guy who owns Chucky. Yeah, Don Coscarelli. Decided to step back. And he was offered an executive producer credit and offered to be involved. And he didn't want to be involved because he's still chugging along with that franchise. Yeah. Doing a TV show coming up. Oh, wait, Don Mancini, not Don Coscarelli. Don Mancini, bad. yeah. It was the Phantasm guy versus Phantasm the guy. guy. Both great. As soon as I saw the movie, I was like, this was a mistake. You should have put your name on this. <laughs> because it was just... It would have been good on his resume to say, like, it's really John Carpenter's been smart with that, like, really becoming involved with the latest Halloween movies. And I think there's another checks, like, taking the checks, becoming involved with cashing the checks. Man, if anything, if any comic I ever wrote ever got picked up and I just didn't care and I didn't like the filmmakers involved, but they were like, but we want you to be an executive producer. We're going to give you a big paycheck for doing nothing. I'll be like, 
give me that big paycheck. A, a friend of mine's <laughs> book got optioned to be a TV series. Cool. Like I can't say what it is or who he is, but or if it's a man or a woman. Uh, anyway, you didn't <laughs> sign an NDA. Come on, it's true. Well, I also want to be in it, so I'm kind of hoping oh. like if I can like. Although I, I'm sure everything's on hold at this point, but I thought that was just about the coolest thing I'd heard of. You know, and it's not it's not like HBO or anything like that, but just like that's insane to me. Like that. That's interesting too because there's stuff like sometimes you'll see creators you really like have kind of a gap in their career. And it doesn't necessarily mean they weren't making money. It's just they signed an NDA and mm-hmm. sold a project. Because like, there's this gap of George Romero's career, I think, between Dark Half and Land of the Dead. And it's like eight years or so. Yeah. And you're like, what was he doing? Or like, I think Bruiser might have been the last oh, one Bruiser, or something. Yeah, yeah. But nobody knows about that. Movie. Nobody knows about good that. movie though. I mean, it's for, not bad for lesser Romero. It's good. It's not very good, but it's not bad. <laughs> it's, yeah, I just I, <laughs> I like it. Like, yes, that's not too bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just I think it helps to be a Romero completist. Pretty much. I've seen worse Romero. I guess would be the review to go with on that one. But in know. his near decade of not doing a movie, yeah. I remember reading that he almost did the Brendan Fraser mummy movie. At yeah. one point, that was George Romero. Resident Evil, for sure. Yeah. And then there was like a couple Stephen King projects that almost happened. Mm-hmm. There was, I think he was even involved with thoughts of like a creep show, TV show, or a sequel and yeah. producing that. So he made money because he was writing screenplays and signing up to be a director. And, and just for eight or nine years, just nothing happened and sometimes the but i think he was making money like for sure yeah not making movies just developing movies that exactly. were never going to be made although it's still frustrating i guess like yeah even for a guy like him you gotta think you're like okay the money's nice but like that, that has to suck well, putting in that much too, time like, for nothing in some ways the writer of buckaroo bonsai i think it's him where like you're like hardly anything on his resume but then you see what he almost wrote, and it's like he wrote a screenplay for this and that and this adaptation and mm-hmm. that TV show. And it's just stuff that never happened. And there's these legendary stories. Someone should do a documentary on this. But like, there's a writer in Hollywood who has some crazy good news, bad news record in the past 20 years, maybe even a bit longer, where he has sold... 15 major screenplays mm-hmm. and he has ghost written on another 10 and he has pitched another dozen and none of them have been made wow. and they've all been like spielberg bought this and you know james cameron bought that and mm-hmm. disney bought this so it's like good news bad news is he's getting big five figure six figure paychecks but nothing has gotten through Man. So it's like you're good enough to get in. So but he has you... no credits, sort of. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's that happens too, where it's you're just either rewriting or you're really good at selling those pitches, mm-hmm. and then just nothing happens. That's wild. Weird career. Yeah. So it's like you know, are you really a writer if yeah ever <laughs> happened? Like, did did it really ever happen? Yeah, I got to look that up. But I think that's a real thing where it's like there's at least one writer like that who's very good and everyone mm. likes him and he's almost gotten in, but just doesn't happen, doesn't happen, doesn't happen. So, it's, yeah. man, it's a tough business. Yes. A- anytime somebody – that's why I'm so hard at criticizing movies because yeah. I'm just like, good job, everybody. You, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people realize how difficult it is to make a movie and how even if a movie's kind of good it's a miracle yeah well especially some of those it's just it's the behind the scenes stuff and, and i mean i watch a lot of crap so it's hard it's a sliding yeah. scale i guess but you know i'm sort of like josh in that respect like i, I like to give stuff a little bit more of a chance than maybe yeah. the average crossed arm moviegoer does yeah 
But, you know, I mean, <laughs> it can't be a home run every time, right? Like, yeah. And then sometimes it'll be like an amazing cast and crew and it just doesn't work. You know, nobody knows why. It just nothing came together. It's just like, oh, well, try again. Blame the writer, though, usually. Like, that's yeah. kind of the go-to. Is, oh, it's just that screenplay. And that was the only problem we had. <laughs> only the screenplay. Yeah. Okay, let's chat about September 25th through October 1st. Another really good week this week with two new films and two classics. I'm very excited to see the personal history of David Copperfield from Armando Iannucci. Talk about a great resume. Veep, Thick of It, Death of Stalin. Uh, oh, he worked geez. on a bunch of Alan Partridge stuff. I always forget this guy's name. And every time something comes out, I'm like, oh, right, right. It's, it's the crazy. guy who did all that stuff. Like the, the movie In the Loop, which is the spinoff yeah, of, yeah. of Thick of It. It's just nuts. And this movie, just crazy all-star cast. looks kind of like Death of Stalin, like strangely modern yet not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited to see it. I don't think he's done a bad thing. Out of those things, I just listed off. Like, what's the worst of it? Like, er- everything he does is... Well, is... We, we probably haven't heard of his worst thing, I guess. Yeah. Like, that's the <laughs> only difference. They're like, everything's pretty acclaimed, except for, you know, like uh, M. Night Shyamalan's first film, King of the Hill, that no one talks about. Well, I'm, I don't want to... I don't want to... It's, 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 it's so funny you brought him up, because he's the one guy who I'm like, oh, M. Night. I, oh, I know he's very popular, but, man, I saw Glass. Was that yeah. the last one? I guess. Oh, it was a mess. It was a mess. <laughs> yeah, I liked it better than I expected just because I heard it was the worst piece of garbage ever. And yeah. then I, there's like a twist. that, And I was like, oh, okay. That's- it's pretty underwhelming, I think, because Unbreakable was so great. Oh, so good. And Split was surprisingly good. Yeah. I think I think when I first heard, oh, another M. Night movie. Yeah. Then I went and saw it and it was, it was pretty... It's pretty good. It just add a couple too many of those. He's on the floor. Stab him. Hit him with a chair again. Hit him with a pot in the head. <laughs> it's like, well, oh no, this. I better run away from the murderer guy. You know, I hit him once with a thing. Like, God, I just hate those moments. Let's, let's not talk about him. Yes, <laughs> he brought it up. He brought that part of it. We've got other things to talk about. <laughs> anyway, uh, our next movie is Radioactive about Mary mm. Curie, Rosamund Pike. No, the, it's entitled Radio. It's not actually radioactive what could be <laughs> i thought it was our, like next, a superhero movie, our movie. next movie is radioactive, radioactive. radioactive. So don't come to the mayfair <laughs> it's about the fantastic four it's gonna be fine we couldn't think of it was rosamund pike though right rosamund pike yes. we, i was listening to last week's podcast and we couldn't think of it i couldn't yeah I couldn't, oh yeah. yeah a friend of mine was saying that that's the uh when you're listening to a podcast and you know the answer and you're just screaming in your living room <laughs> it happens to us too so because well, her name's that. not sally smith rosamund so yeah rosamund i, I would honestly never have remembered it ever it's a great name. She was in Gone Girl, name. right? Gone Girl, Gone Girl yeah. and oh, Gone Girl the, world, so uh, the World's End with oh, yeah. Edgar Wright movie. Yeah, Gone Girl was such a good, just like oh yeah, gut punch pulpy, of a flick. like film noir almost yeah. weird horror film. Ah, oh, it was a good movie. We remembered she was in that, just not her name. Yeah, so, great. <laughs> <laughs> then our two retro films this week. One is Barbarella, Queen of the Galaxy, mm. the nineteen sixty eight cult classic starring Jane Fonda. Man, this movie has so many good posters. <laughs> like, yeah. This is probably the longest run that it'll have in years. I mean, I don't... I don't like Three screenings. Oh, is it? All right. Well, it seemed longer when I looked at it online. But it's extended over a week, sort of, right? So it seems yeah. longer. I just think that's cool. Like you've, you've said before, you know, stuff we might only play once. Like, now we get to play a few more times. Yeah, give people a few more chances to come out and see it. And it's just... Well, talk about, you know, pulpy comic book movie. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. And very interesting that... Jane Fonda on the heels of this became Jane Fonda. I just watched that documentary recently. What was it called? Jane Fonda in four parts, five parts. I forget, but it's like an HBO documentary. And it just shows how she like started as a daughter of celebrity Hollywood royalty. Mm-hmm. And then Barbarella and then 
crazy acclaimed award-winning films and then you know her political stuff and then becoming a vhs mogul with the workout tapes which <laughs> yeah my was... mom had the workout tape oh wow yeah yeah like she became millionaire millionaire off of those and and marrying ted turner i mean so there was that so she was already set and then she was set on her own and yes. then also married a billionaire yeah well she was married to um the director of barbarella roger vadim right yes hmm. I don't and know it, if they were married at the time. I guess they were when they I made think that. Right after, if I remember correctly. And then, and then she, now the, she's like a really popular TV star again. Like it's crazy. Oh, yeah, with the uh, Lily Tomlin show. Yeah. Man. But yeah, so Barbarella is. If you haven't seen it on the big screen, it's really something. And I'm sure this will be a really nice digital restoration. It is uh, DCP. Like we didn't know we were going to get a DCP of it, but it's. Wow. So that, that's something to come and was, check out. Was it a big success when it came out? Or was it one of those... I don't like, think it so. flopped and then became a cult classic? I think I, so, I don't yeah. Know. It yeah. sounds more right to me. Playing midnight movies. And, yeah. And I'm sure once the VHS boom happened and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think... You think when it came out, like it came out right around the same time as stuff like 2001 and Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Flash so. Gordon. No, it's years before that. <laughs> yes. Like it, It's like... I said Flash. Oh. Well, probably ahead of its time. <laughs> yes. And it came out, I think, the same year as Danger Diabolic, mm, yeah. who uh, was played by John Philip Law, who's in, he's the male lead in Barbarella. So, oh, and nice. it's kind of that similar thing. Fun yeah. fact. I love that. Kind of and, right in the, in the middle of a uh, 60s Batman run as well. Yeah. So that would have been the same year as uh, the 60s Batman movie, probably, I think. Or was that 66? It was right I, at 66, I thought that was 67. It? Don't forget to, don't forget. be afraid to use your fingernails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I wish we were playing that, too, but... Still. One day. <laughs> yes. Not to get off topic. Then we have They Live, John mm. Carpenter's 1988 classic. I was surprised it was that late. For some reason, I thought it was a few years earlier than that. Man, that was a good year for movies, too. And its its final day will be Thursday, October 1st. And oh. although it's not really a horror film, I mean, it's yeah. John Carpenter, and it's kind. it's got, you know, aliens and monsters in it, yeah. kind of. So. And the longest fist fight in cinema history, <laughs> so I think. So good. And I love that it's basically, it's a comedy and a horror and sci-fi and, you know, satire, you know, like it's got so much going for it. And that it's insanely kind of horribly still relevant in 2020. Maybe more so than it ever was, sadly, but. I want to know why, nothing against Roddy Piper, because he's great, but why isn't Kurt Russell in this movie? Because you would think. I wonder if he wrote it for him, but he couldn't do it, so he got Roddy, I think. Because it seems like... Yeah. You know, it's you, you a look, Kurt Russell kind of role. Yeah, you look at like The Thing, Escape from New York, Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. They Live seems like that should have been next on that resume. Yeah, and it's hard to say if it was just, you know, he turned it down or was just sort of could like gun-shy yeah. of, of doing that versus something else that might be a little more prestige. Because even though it's a little kind of horror film or a little sci-fi film, Roddy Piper was just a wrestler at the time, I think. Yeah. Did he do a movie before that? I mean, I don't think it was Hell Comes to Frogtown after that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it was. <laughs> that is not. Oh, I think he did a martial arts thing with Sonny Chiba. Well, if you're going to do one, I mean, you got to do it with Sonny he, Chiba. I mean, or, no, he did a, I think he did an episode of Touched by an Angel. I don't know why. Oh, man. What? That's I don't know why I know that. that. <laughs> I don't know why I know that. Don't ask me why I know that. Was Sonny Chiba on that episode? Cause I, oh, I wish. <laughs> I might actually watch that. Go to your... Touched by an angel box set. I can't. I'm man. Just when I thought Andrew's deep cuts couldn't go deeper. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's insane that I know that. I mean, I, was, I know Brad Pitt was on an Unsolved Mysteries, so I mean, and Growing Pains, and what else was oh, he on? He was, was in some, everything. He was a real working actor. Head of the class was he on that? Was he in the DiCaprio Growing Pains, or was it pre-DiCaprio? 
I think Brad Pitt did see it's back in the day where like you can be an actor and show up on a sitcom, play a character, and then on another season show up and play a different character. That's my mm. favorite. Yeah. Brad Pitt <laughs> I think Brad Pitt did two growing pains playing two different characters. Man. There's some actors, especially if you live in New York, there's some actors who if you look at their resume, now they're like known character actors or even like celebrities who have three different roles on Law and Order. Because they'll just cycle through them. They're like, okay, wait, it has it been four or five years? Okay, you can be back on. And they'll be like, waiter who witnesses a murder. And then five years later, cop who witnesses a car crash. And five years later, lawyer. Oh, man. Just totally the same actor. Someday I'll get to be the murderer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you keep trying long enough. I think they did that on Twilight Zone even, which is a bit different because it was like an anthology. But eventually they would just circle through and i think especially back then they're like ah people aren't paying attention yeah and with some of that stuff you know when you do have makeup or effects or whatever you know that it makes a little bit more sense but for certain things it's like i find it funny about like the old westerns and stuff where you just like oh he's wearing a different hat it's like yeah. clearly a different guy <laughs> it's like oh that's a really great costume good work how can clark kent be superman he has glasses on it's true <laughs> that's, i still that's I will, all they need i defend that because i am mask blind now like people walk yeah. in Andrew walked in the other day and I was I was in the candy bar. Yeah, I was get out. And it took me like a really long three seconds. I was like, oh, it's Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's like, what, isn't it supposed to be Andrew? Like, that should provide more fear. No, no, or... he wasn't working that day. Ah, he, he was into like see a movie. <laughs> you were like, I thought Andrew was in candy bar. Who's that? Oh, it's still Andrew. My bad. We should, we I should go just put our, our, our names on our masks. Like, yeah. hello, my name is. Oh, God. I go face plane that fast. Man, yeah, that's the, my wife's found that like at her, she's been working on like a construction site basically. And she's found that like since she's been wearing the mask, sometimes she'll get like more looks from men, which is not really what you want necessarily as a, as a woman. But she was just like, what does that mean? Like when you could <laughs> see my bottom of my face, you were, didn't talk to me. And now you're like, hey, what's the bottom of your face look like? <laughs> but also like. Just, adds more mystery to the relationship. Yeah, I guess so. Like goofy stuff like Robin's mask. I think it works like the traditional like cowboy covering your face with a mm. with a bandana or just a little mask. It's like raccoon esque. You look at Christopher Reeve in Superman, and it's something when he goes from Clark Kent mm-hmm. to Superman, and there's no special effects. There's no like patting in his cheeks or whatever. Yeah. Like it's something. When he's more like kind of dopey as Clark Kent, isn't yeah. he? Like a little more goofy. So I guess that's supposed to be part of the disguise is that oh, this feeble idiot could never be Superman. Well, I like when they're like. How, how come everybody didn't know Clark Kent was Superman? I'm like, okay, in the city of Ottawa, how many reporters do you know? Yeah. Y- you don't know the reporter from the Ottawa Citizen? No. Like, he's not a celebrity. So it's like that. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't, if somebody said, this guy from the Ottawa Citizen is actually a vigilante, I'd be yeah. like, oh, okay, I didn't know him. That's I, know, I know the movie review guy because he's come <laughs> here a couple times. That's that's the only one I know. I'm like, I don't I don't really understand how things work anymore. But So the last thing to mention, I think we forgot to mention this a month ago mm. saturday night cinema is coming up on saturday the 26th which has done well for us because it's that weird anomaly of technically a free movie you have to be a member so you can mm. buy a membership for 12 bucks but i think people when they get into something like that they're more apt to buy a lot of popcorn yeah because they're like hey this is free so we had intended to do it more often to do it like twice a month what has hindered that is our nine o'clock shows keep on being really long and we can't have cinema starting at one in the morning because nah. if come and see ends at eleven forty-five, and we need half an hour to clean and get ready and then half an hour to let people in, we can't have a movie starting at 1245. Mm-hmm. Like that's just crazy. So maybe we'll do it more if we have a shorter nine o'clock movie and it kind of works out, but they're always fun and they always 
bizarrely draw a crowd yeah um, and this one like i was gonna i was actually gonna mention this earlier but i didn't want to talk over the fact that you were gonna say that cinema's coming but uh-huh. i love that barbarella is uh going right into yeah cinema like that's a great one-two punch that is yeah depending on what cinema is i guess but it's always some weird fun thing yeah because if cinema is a retro 60s or 70s kind of thing it is the double bill you would have seen <laughs> back then <laughs> but if it's not which it probably isn't but we literally don't know then <laughs> i don't know i i heard lee contemplating one he asked me about one and he said do we show this before and i didn't remember no but, that's an andrew question yeah, yeah. I, would, no, I would remember <laughs> yeah like josh he's in bed by then <laughs> i really am there was one it was the last one and I, I was like i'm gonna come see it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it <laughs> and like cut to me at, when cinema started at midnight and I'm in bed with like a hot water bottle in a 1930s like Christmas Carol man cap on my and, head, and your pink face uh, eye mask, yeah, <laughs> cucumbers <laughs> on my eyes. He does what he, he has to do. <laughs> into bed, oh, I just couldn't do it. But I mean, maybe this is the one, though. Maybe it's probably not. No, but I guess holy cow, I'm seeing everything this week. All four movies I'm coming to see. Did you love Peninsula? I really did. It's I shouldn't have said love. That, that really hyped it up for you there. It's the funny awkward. thing with Peninsula, and Gwen and I came, and Gwen, every time I drag Gwen to a horror movie, she likes it. She doesn't like going, but she likes it. And it's like, in the past few years, I'm thinking about, like, I don't know, the, the Babadook, or, you mm. know, stuff like that. Like, it's always good stuff. But this one, it's such a weird trope in Asian, not just horror films, I think different genres as well, where they shoehorn in some white people <laughs> into a couple scenes. And I actually saw a segment, a documentary about this, about how if you're an actor and you're white, you can go to South Korea or go to Japan and just get a job in a soap opera or get a job doing commercials because they need... They want to put that in the there. The token white person. And yeah. the white people are always the worst actors always, in Always. Always. And in this, there's a scene where it's a talk show. And it's a woman hosting a Letterman-looking type talk show. And then a guy basically just expositioning the world that we're in. <laughs> and it's terrible. <laughs> like, it's full-blown terrible. And I'm like... You're cool. Like, everyone liked Train to Busan. You could have probably gotten Simon Pegg and Nick Frost to do a cameo and play these two roles. Like, yeah. you know, something like that. So that part's bad. And in the end, there's a soldier who is bad. Okay. Everything in between, super fun, great characters. Very impressive because this zombie genre, if you say Night of the Living Dead is ground zero for it, this movie is in 2020 and still has new takes on zombies new takes on how to trick zombies mm-hmm. it has a cool teenager kid who's driving the car so yeah i really liked it but just man the white people in the movie yeah. it's like <laughs> they're the worst white people here's my controversial stance white people the worst yeah because i know there's a bit of english in it and to my knowledge there's none in the first one like that it, yeah i don't think there were any white characters in the first one i don't think so I'm, That's I'm pretty why, sure about that. Yeah. And it almost seems like this obligatory thing now where they're like, oh, it was an international hit, so now we have to have a couple white people in it. Yeah, like imagine <laughs> if in Parasite they had just shoved in a scene with, I don't know, like a, a white copper reporter yeah, just at, at expositioning. The party the th- yeah, just like <laughs> saying like, wow, this is really crazy that yeah. they found out. Like, you you know. see that guy over there? This is <laughs> <Yeah>. pretty wild. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And like, I hope they're not listening. But in Peninsula... <laughs> The woman hosting the talk show and the mm. guest were comically bad. Like, just <laughs> you're going all in. Yeah, just I don't know. Like, I could have done a better job if they would have said Andrew and Josh 
read these four lines. You're doing it. I'm like, I could have like cue carded my way yeah. better through that. Because uh, like you said, I mean, like this was a big hit, like the, or the, like the first, the first one. one yeah. So I mean, like this was one of the most anticipated zombie movies ever, really. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just proximity or whatever, where, I, wherever they filmed it, it was just hard to find white people or sort of <laughs> yeah. good acting white people. But it's like, come on, or, or overdub those guys, maybe. I don't, you know. There's an episode of Conan where he goes to... Um, it's South Korea, isn't it? He has an assistant who's from uh, Armenia. And so he goes to Armenia with her and he does like a week of shows in Armenia. Yeah. And he gets a little walk on on an Armenian soap opera playing like a bad guy just like a little <laughs> walk course. on where he's like this menacing bad guy and he has like one line in in the language and he he, has, he yells something and as soon as he says it everyone che- like the crew's like yeah like he nailed it <laughs> oh, i need but, to see that but that's now. in there forever that is canonical to that soap opera that this weird conan o'brien came in and played a bad guy for one oh, yeah. episode that's amazing i, I need I don't, I don't watch uh, conan but i've always liked him you know I'm he's sure got you a good could, sense yeah. of humor you could youtube that pretty easy i need that in my life okay let's wrap this up because we're doing this during an 80 minute movie Man. so we gotta we gotta get back to work so thanks for listening everybody forgot to mention earlier but we're still here we, yes, we were kind of yes. worried last time that we might be shut back down but so uh well tonight the pm talks and i don't know what he's oh yeah there, so there might may, be the... maybe next week yeah yeah we'll see but thanks for joining us when you uh, come out to the movies. Everybody's been so great. Everybody's been concerned about the Mayfair and going that extra mile to come and join us and buy popcorn and spread the word about movies we're screening. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for upcoming films at mayfairtheater.ca, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Visit our friends across the street at House of Targ, currently open Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back next week. We'll be in Halloween month, so we'll talk about all our horror films next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. I really feel like I need to be on an immediate soap opera now. <laughs> now that you've brought this up, I'm a tall redheaded guy. Why can't I do it? From John Carpenter, they control what you see. We have been lulled into a trance. They decide what you hear. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. You think they're people, just like you. What do these things want, and why are they here? You're wrong. Dead Wrong. John Carpenter's They Live. Rated R. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere.